You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Still recovering from the happiness. It is sweet, wink, wink, kind of day. <laughs> it is. I mean, I'm still sort of stunned. I guess last night was the night it hit me about what we're accomplishing on such a historical level at Alabama. And last night was just sort of the exclamation point on what has really been a dream season. No, you're absolutely right, Jimmy. Um, it's really – it's like we're in a dream and, and nobody needs to wake me up. I mean, it's, it's delicious. Um, I actually uh, had to go to Mobile yesterday, your stomping grounds, and go check out something at Bienville Square. And then I drove from Mobile to, um, to Abbeville, or Do- to Dothan, so I could be in Abbeville this morning to uh, be at the, uh, to do some work at the home of a pretty, pretty well-known Auburn fan, but uh, super, super guy. And, uh, it's just ironic that, you know, I'm I'm there doing some work at a big Auburn Booster's house um, in Abbeville when Alabama's on this kind of run. And um, I was in a hotel last night in Dothan, Alabama, uh, watching the game by my damn self. But I liked it that way because at the very first, when Maryland went up by like six, and I was like, okay, all right, we're going to lose. And I, I mean, I could change, I could like hit, uh, previous channel to the LSU game, and I was like, okay, at least they're losing. And then I would hit, hit previous channel back, and um, all of a sudden, you know, we're going on a little bit of a run. And um, man, it was a, it was just a ton of fun to uh, watch last night. That's that's one of the most fun Bama basketball games in a while. And we've had a bunch of fun ones this year, but that one, I mean, when we started stroking it, oh my god! And the bench, watching the bench go ballistic and, and their little routines. I mean, they had more routines than our gymnastics squad. <laughs> you know, it, it, I think there is a misnomer among a lot of sports fans about team chemistry and what that means. And I think there is this idea out there that all these teams, whether they're Alabama or, or Major League Baseball or NFL, whatever, that all these teams are a bunch of tight-knit brothers that are going to war together, that are forever – best pals and frankly that's just wrong teams are like families (laughs) they're they they're they're required to like each other to an extent but there's always going to be fighting and people that don't really like each other and but but none of that really affects but teams are like families uh you know they're not everyone in the family is going to like one another there's just a common goal. And as long as everyone is focused on the common goal, then you'll have good team chemistry, even if guys on the team don't necessarily like each other. I say all that to say it's obvious to anyone, this Alabama team, they are tight. They, they literally do love one another. This is, a, this is a tight bunch that likes each other, that roots for one another. There's no egos. There's no fighting over minutes that's apparent to anyone. Uh, this is a team, and it's a team on a mission, 
and they're enjoying the hell out of the ride as much as we're enjoying it as fans you can tell they're enjoying it as a team it's just a joy to watch it truly truly is um man it, it felt so good and and i want to dive into it a little bit more but but let me go ahead because i don't want to be in like mid-stride here and come at, come at you with a live read i'm going to go ahead and give you a live read for betonline.ag hopefully you took bama and if you had bama minus i don't know whatever the hell we won by uh if you had bama minus 17 i think you covered so hey uh, go to betonline.ag, get you some more Bama. You can even bet at betonline.ag using the promo code locked on and get that 50% bonus. But you can bet on who you think is going to win the national championship now. I would go get you some tide. Go get you some. Betonline.ag is ready for you. All you got to do is put your credit card in or give them, you know, some other, you can Western Union. You can do a lot of things. Get that money in there. And then you get that money back plus some, plus you're winning because you've kicked ass at betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag, use the promo code locked on. As I said, get a 50% welcome bonus. You can beat an egg, you can beat a bush. You cannot beat a 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. Go give them a call, or no, don't give them a call. You can, I, I mean, I guess they got a phone number, but why would you call them? You really wanna go to uh, betonline.ag and use, uh, use that promo code and then just be done with it. That's what you wanna do. So betonline.ag, is where you want to go, go there ASAP. Then I want to tell everybody about Rock Auto, rockauto.com, all the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto, you know you love them, Rock Auto is the place to be, go check them out, you can get your chassis, your timing belts, your, I don't know, floor mats, uh, rear view mirrors, whatever, Rock Auto is so easy to use, and Jimmy, we saw somebody on Twitter, uh, like a random person, just say, Man, I love using Rock Love using Rock Auto so much. It's so easy for somebody like me who doesn't even know about cars. That's what I'm saying. Rock Auto is the place to go to get all the parts your car will ever need. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, people, you're going to love Rock Auto. All you got to do is give them a call. It's so easy to navigate. You're going to absolutely love it. Go to rockauto.com and you can tell them that you heard about them from, uh, you know, Locked On or Locked On Bama, whatever. We'd appreciate it. But otherwise, just go there and just give them a chance, rockauto.com. All right, Jimmy, I want to get a little bit more into the game last night. Um, You know, it's funny because I'm going to tell you something. I thought Maryland played pretty damn good defense. And I'll also say this. I thought Maryland played one of the best offensive games they've played all year uh, yep. relative to what I've seen them do. Um, that Wiggins kid, he was he was hard to stop. And so the fact that they played good D – and they were shooting it well, and then we still beat the hell out of them, I think says a lot about us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I thought the first half was a bit of a struggle. I thought we were playing well, but we couldn't pull away because they were playing so well. I mean, exactly. they, they were they were better offensively than I imagined they would play. Um, like you said, Wiggins, I think Wiggins scored like 21. It felt like 61. It felt so he like scored he made 27. It. Yeah, 27. 27. It felt like 60. I mean, it seemed yeah. like every shot he put up went in, whether he was at the rim or behind the arc. He played well. It's just a good team and a good coach. And you can see why year in and year out, Maryland is a tough team for the ACC to, I mean, for the Big Ten to deal with. Um, they're, they're just a, a, an athletic bunch, I think. You know, it's, it's kind of funny to me. They, 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 
Maryland, you know, was an ACC team for years. Now they're in the Big Ten. The funny thing is, it's, it's, it sort of felt last night watching them that they've really transformed into a Big Ten team. They're big and strong and physical, but they're not all that super athletic. And uh, I'm like, wow, I guess they really did switch to the Big Ten. But, <laughs> but, they're, they're, but they're a good, good, smart, uh, well-coached bunch. And Turgeon is, is certainly a quality coach. But uh, we played great. It was, I think, our best overall performance in several games. I thought it was better than any game we played in the SEC tournament. Uh, and I hope, I hope on Sunday we're not saying, well, I guess the magic was that second round game. I hope, I hope it was kicking us off on, on a run offensively and offensively. Guys like Primo, Shaq, and Petty feel it, and, and they continue to feel it uh, going into Sunday because they're going to need it, UCLA is not one of the great college basketball teams in the country, but what they are is dangerous. What they are is a bunch of highly recruited kids that are well coached by a a, a guy that won his way to the UCLA job. And uh, UCLA really had a better season in retrospect than we thought because ends up the Pac-12 is better than everyone thought. And maybe a few of these Pac-12 losses weren't, weren't so bad in retrospect. So, this UCLA team, hey, they'll they'll be dangerous. They can beat Alabama. Yeah, and we'll dive into UCLA a little bit more, but I'll tell you this, um, that I think that the fact that we actually have an extra day's rest to play UCLA and that this longer layoff than normal, because normally I would say, you know, you'd play on Sunday, then you'd probably play on Friday. Now, you could play on Thursday, uh, but this time we play on Monday and definitely play on Sunday. That's a good long layoff for us. And though you could say, well, we're so hot right now, I want to be back out there. I don't know. With Bruner kind of uh, still kind of limping around, you know, Herb still – I mean, Herb's playing great, but – and I mean, last night notwithstanding, um, I think he could still use a little rest. And I think this also gives Primo a little bit more time, even though he looked fantastic last night. And it gives UCLA time to actually cool off because they've been so hot. And let's also not overlook the fact that UCLA – uh, has played, you know, a BYU team that's not nearly as athletic as they are. They played a Michigan State team that had UCLA beat and blew it. And then they played an Abilene Christian team that's just not offensively very talented. So I feel very good about our chance in the Elite Eight, but we'll get to that later. Um, let's let's start with Herb Jones last night. He he commits – I swear to God, it, remind, it was ironic we were playing in Hinkle Fieldhouse because I kind of felt like – Herb Jones played Gene Hackman's role by getting himself in such foul trouble that he couldn't play. You know, Gene Hackman got himself thrown out of a game so that the uh, so that the the alcoholic uh, whatever the Dennis hell his Hopper. name is Dennis, Dennis Hopper had to uh, <laughs> both literally and figuratively an alcoholic, I guess, um, <laughs> so it, or both on screen and and in real life at one time. Um, he had to coach to sort of put him in that position to see what he was like. I swear to God, Herb's fouls were so dumb at some at some point last night that I thought that he was fouling on purpose to make somebody else be the man. And, you know, to this whole team's credit, they all took up for him. And here's the other side that, you know, we were on a big group text chain last night and, and man, we were starting to bitch about Petty again, right? Like, but the, about that time, Petty gets hot, and the whole team went bananas. And I think the whole team was lifting up 
Teddy on their on their shoulders saying, we got you until you get it back. Because he's been so off. And and meanwhile, Shaq got his stroke back. Primo was hitting them. Um, you know, everybody. And then Petty makes that first one. And you could feel like the, the whole bench erupt because they were like, finally, finally. And then he hit three in a row, I think. Yeah, even during that stretch is when Quinterly got that assist, made that good pass to an open Petty, and Quinterly turned around and started heading back to the other end of the floor before Petty had even really put the ball up because Quinterly was like, this is good. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> that's what kind of shooter Petty is, and these kids see it every day in practice. I think I think they almost see it in Petty's face when, when, when they know he's locked in and, and it isn't going to miss. And uh, – you know, and and I don't know if last night we can call it the petty game. We both said, you, you've said even longer, you know, that there was going to be a game that we win because of petty. I wouldn't – we played so well as a team. I don't know if it's fair to say that was the petty game, but I do think petty was symbolic of, of, of the whole team last night in the sense that we we found the offense again, and, and it sort of started with petty uh, in terms of, wow, this is what we look like when we're really – on a roll, we could have easily scored over a hundred if we had tried to do that. Um, but but you know we just wanted to win the game and and get out of there. It was a A plus performance, one and and historic. I think I think it's true. I think Alabama has now this is our eighth Sweet Sixteen in school history. Keeping in mind, I, I'm not sure that number counts. Like 1976. We were in the round of 16 when we lost to the national champion Indiana team in 76. But back then, the tournament was only 32 teams, so only one right. game to get there. So I'm not sure how, how that should be counted, although it's completely clear that was one of the 16 best teams in the country that season. So we probably should count it. But uh, uh, just historic, historic. I mean, we, we, we won our way to the Sweet 16 after winning the regular season after winning the SEC tournament. And uh, I think only one other Alabama team has done all of that. Uh, and now we're one win away from, you know, you beat UCLA and you make it to the Elite Eight. I, I think at that point it just becomes unquestioned that this is the greatest Alabama team of all time, regardless of what happens in that Elite Eight game. All right, Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to tell you who my MVP was for last night. All right, Jimmy, a lot of people will say – you know, in terms of MVP last night, some people will probably say Petty just because, it, I mean, they'll be like, we, we got to pick Petty because he finally started hitting again. Um, or maybe Quinterly, who played awesome, even Turgeon was like, we can't guard him. Um, I'm telling you, the MVP was Alex Reese. He comes in, sets the tone again, um, hits two out of three three-pointers. Um, his, his whole demeanor's changed to me. He, he was so hesitant for so long. And he's finally just gotten it together. And it's, it's so refreshing to see as a senior that he's, he's finding his way. Um, this is not a guy who's going to play pro basketball on any level, in my opinion. But I'm so pulling for him now because he has caught a lot of flack, from, from me included. And he has caught a ton of flack, but he deserves all the accolades. He deserves to be the MVP of last night's game. And, um, you know, we probably win without him last night. But because of him is he was the he was the igniter last night. He he got the whole thing kicked off. I love that. I love it, and it kicks off a rant for me. Uh, 
just a great point that, that's going to uh, kick off a rant. So be sure to tape this. This is going to be good. You know, <laughs> one of the I'm shames, taping. one of the shames, <laughs> one of the shames of, uh, of modern college basketball is so few kids play. So, so few good players play four full years at one place. They go pro, they go to Europe, they jump in the portal. And, and, and it's almost turned into what amounts to a rarity that we see a four-year college basketball player anymore in one place. And we've seen that with Reese, Herb Jones, and John Petty. And, and if you guys want to know how tragic it is that college basketball turned into a one-and-done, two-and-done, three-and-out type, type sport, this is what we're missing. It's what we've been able to watch over four years who watched Herb Jones as a freshman and said, there's your SEC player of the year one day. But we watched him year after year develop into the best, most complete player in the SEC. We, we watched it happen over four years. It was nothing that happened overnight. He got better and better and better each year, each month, each game, and became SEC player of the year. Who would have thought watching John Petty as a freshman that one day we would describe him as, Boy, Petty's like the ultimate blue-collar player. Who would have said that during his freshman year when his ego could barely fit inside, you know, the Coliseum and he wanted to take every shot and be the man and, and, and just be, you know, uh, you, know, you know, the Kobe Bryant of Alabama basketball when, in fact, uh, his game has radically transformed and turned him into a much better team player. Just the idea that we would be describing John Petty as a hard hat wearing blue collar player is almost insane if you if you bring yourself back to his freshman year and then Alex Reese uh heavy poor fit in Oates offense uh some of the fans were really unfair to him on social media all the time and here's the word you heard all the time about about Alex Reese soft that's the word that those mean fans would use describing the kid as soft. You know what word I use to describe Alex Reese now? Tough. That kid is tough. And, and, and he's our toughest kid on the floor. If, if, if there's trouble, Alex Reese is going to either start it or end it. Uh, he, he's a big, strong, tough kid physically and mentally. And who would have thought during Alex Reese's freshman year we would be using the word tough to describe him? So I'm just saying – we were blessed to see four full years of Petty, Herb, and Reese. And what were we treated to? Total transformations. We saw them literally develop and mature right in front of our eyes over four years. And frankly, that's how all college basketball players should be. And everyone should be treated to seeing four years of their guys grow up right in front of them because it serves everyone. It serves the players. It serves the coaches. It serves the fans. Most importantly, it serves their educations. And, uh, wow, we were just so fortunate to get four full years out of those great guys, great players, and just names that will forever be synonymous with the greatest team in Alabama basketball history. You know, I'm trying to think who would be synonymous with these guys in terms of football. Like, came in from a different regime, but part of the Nick Saban turnaround that, you know, they'll look, I think even brighter days are ahead for Alabama. And you say, how do you say that when we won the SEC, won the tournament, we're in the Sweet 16, you know, very good shot at going to the Final Four. How do, how, how do you say brighter days are ahead? And I mean it in a sense that I think now our whole expect this, this year 
has changed all of our expectations. And while guys like um, Quinterly and while guys like Primo uh, and uh, th those guys have come in and done Bruner, uh, they've come in and helped to lay the foundation. It's the previous regime's recruits in terms of Herb, uh, Alex Reese, and, and Petty. And I, the only one I can think of, and maybe two, uh, Javier Arenas and maybe Rolando McLean, um, two guys that come in. Now, McLean uh, and both of them weren't under Shula but for a, a hot minute. But at the same time, they, they were there – and, and they help create it so that the next group, knowing that there'll be guys better than them coming along, but without them, there is no foundation. It may take longer, you know, uh, for Saban to get what he wants or NATO's to get what he wants. So I, I think that those guys need to forever be etched in crimson flame, as they say, because the, the three of those guys, along with Colin right. Sexton in his one year, ha have done a lot to help change the face of Alabama basketball. I love the uh, arenas. That's a, such a great call. I, I think that's a perfect example of of, of what has happened here. Uh, there, there, Javier Arenas. One other one that's a bit of a reach, but it's still true is Greg McElroy, uh, recruited yeah. by the previous regime. Not a super gifted guy, but a champion. And without Greg McElroy winning the 09 championship, you know who who knows? You know what 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 would happen later? So I, I think. I think guys like Arenas and McElroy were sort of building blocks uh, of which the whole foundation was built. And, and, and it's not exactly the guys you would think, like you said, not only recruited by the previous regime, but three stars, you know, Corey Reamer might be another guy you would, yeah. you would, you would add to that. just, you know, Drew Davis, you know, three star guys recruited by the previous regime who became starters on Nick Saban's first national championship team, guys that Saban would never recruit again because of our success. I mean, because of yeah. our success, we're not offering Javier Arenas and Greg McElroy and Drew Davis. We're not offering those guys anymore. We're offering six stars. I mean, guys that are literally six stars. We're beating Ohio State, Clemson, LSU, and Georgia for half the class. You know, so uh, – and that's hopefully what's going to happen in basketball, and I think we'll, we'll start to see it soon. We're going to see a lot of benefits from this. Alabama playing in these high-profile games, playing this offense that high school kids are, are watching and going – that's the offense I want to play in. And, by the, and, by the and way, seeing how much our players like each other and have fun playing for Nate Oates. By the way, I, the, I, the announcers last night, I thought, did a fabulous job of recruiting for us. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. th there was one time in particular, uh, the color man actually said, man, if I'm a guard watching this, yeah, I want to come here. This is awesome. <laughs> did I mean, that was Jimmy and, Jackson. And I was like, and I was Famous like, Jimmy Jackson from Ohio State. Yeah. yeah, and by the way, I remember Jimmy Jackson pretty well. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I just thought that was that was so cool and and so true because again, and the other thing that makes these three even more special is they they're all from the state of Alabama, yeah. um, which which helps a lot. And I, you know, again, they should never buy a drink at Galette's ever again. Once they graduate, of course. <laughs> Once they graduate, they they won't they won't if I'm in there. But uh, now that that's just awesome. Uh, I couldn't be more excited for those guys. It's fun for all of them, but those guys in particular. And Nate Oates points it out himself. He's he's referred to them as the Roll Tide guys because you know they're they're from Alabama. They're they're all Roll Tide guys. You know, meaning that 
these guys yeah. were all fans of Alabama before they ever got to Alabama. They, they grew up fans of, of, of probably the football and then to some extent the basketball. And, uh, hey, I hope we keep building it on in-state guys. I, I know to, 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 for us to win national championships, we can't just recruit Alabama guys. But uh, I hope Nate, I hope Nate in his evaluations gives an extra half point to the in-state guys. I, I just feel like those are the guys that they, they do find the extra effort. They do. It's, it's, it's more important to them, that name on the jersey, not just a ticket to the NBA. Um, and, you know, uh, and J.D. Davison, you know, that, that's a guy you would take, you know, even if he was from North Dakota. But, uh, you know, hopefully in-state guys will continue to be a priority. All right, buddy, that'll do it for this podcast. And uh, tomorrow we're going to have a podcast that's all football. So uh, because we've got a couple of days, we're going to, you know, let this uh, basketball success marinate for a minute, and then we'll come back with some UCLA previews, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, tomorrow's all football. So roll tide, everybody. Roll tide. Roll tide.